Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. We are on the eve of SummerSlam. It is July 29th, 2022. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I am Glenn Rubenstein. Joining me, Alfred Kanawa. Tonight, NYC Demon Diva Issa is in Nashville at SummerSlam. She was interviewing talent today. I don't know if you saw her uh, her videos, Alfred. She was she just uh, so dressed up. She looked like a sexy real estate agent just out there <laughs> showing houses and conducting interviews. Very professional, though. Highly recommend checking them out on her feed. I'll definitely check them out. I haven't watched. I haven't even really been on the internet. It's just been so uh, hectic. I've, I mean, I've had stuff go out like that was scheduled, but uh, it's been a very busy day today. But I'll definitely check that out. Issa always does a good job interviewing. Absolutely. She's very disarming. Her interview with AJ Styles is great. Britt Baker. She knows what she's doing out there. Absolutely. Very phenomenal. I feel like it could go either way if I was interviewing talent in person. You know, it could be really good or we could get someone that would just storm off or they would just make fun of the questions that I was asking them. Yeah, I, I I want you to try to get them to storm off. I think that's going to make better television. If yeah. you, uh, that's the key. We got to Sasha Baron Cohn this thing. You know, that's really the <laughs> the bar. Go full I saw, an, I saw an interview today with Linda McMahon, and she stormed off of the interview because a guy was insisting on asking her about Vince, and she didn't want to talk about it, and uh, and he got a little messy with her. But she just wanted to talk about the super pack she was there plugging. There you go. Um, so we've got some news to get into Boy, before do we dive we. into SmackDown and the Rampage. Yes. And, uh, Glenn, are you ready for the gun King of the shadows? That's Dwight Howard's wrestling name because Dwight Howard, NBA superstar, uh, former Orlando magic rocket, you name it. He's probably played for that team, but Dwight Howard, former number one draft pick NBA star, we showed up at the tryouts, and he legitimately participated in the tryouts. He cut a promo this past week in Nashville. Of course, Big E was in town for the tryouts. Paul Heyman was on hand. And Dwight Howard said he legitimately wants to be a pro wrestler. I don't know if you saw the promo. It was really more of an impression of a pro wrestling promo. Like, he kind of went 80s. But he was very funny and charismatic, and he got laughs, and he had some pretty funny lines there. So, I, listen, and you know WWE loves star power. They love these celebrities from the outside, which I think is a good thing to get involved in wrestling, like the Logan Paul. I think he was great. Bad Bunny was fantastic at WrestleMania. So Dwight Howard might be uh, transitioning into wrestling as an actual wrestler. Wow. Well, there you go. So he doesn't go through NXT, right? He goes straight to the main roster. I would imagine he does not go through NXT. I think it would be kind of like the Logan Paul deal. Mm. I don't know how he is in the ring i haven't really heard i heard reports from some of the tryouts here and you know they weren't all glowing to be honest so it's not like anybody said that dwight howard stole the show or was super incredible in the tryouts and i don't know to what degree he participated in the tryouts but if he's halfway decent dwight howard as a pro wrestler could get some clout for wwe there you go isn't it funny that we went from half a decade or actually really a decade if you think about it of like these indie-rific signings and all of these performers with credibility and this influence that the Indies had on WWE. And now the biggest talents as of late are coming from outside of the wrestling world completely. Yeah. They're coming from podcasts. They're coming from YouTube. 
uh, social media influencers. But it's funny you mentioned that, Glenn, because that actually ties into our next story in terms of NXT. Because yeah. the philosophy of WWE has been, we're going to get these athletes, we're going to do NIL. I have no problem with the NIL program. I think you get super athletes, you can get another Kurt Angle, get another Brock Lesnar. If they're scouring the world for the best athletes in the world, the best athletes in the world, by and large, are black. So it's going to be more black people involved mm-hmm. in wrestling. What I don't like is that they're, the idea that they're just going to do NIL. I don't like the exclusivity toward NIL, that they're going to try to find wrestlers through NIL and just shut out the indies. That seemed to be the direction they were going with Vince. But now that Vince is gone, there are now reports. Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that Triple H is going to go back to the old ways in NXT in some ways. The NIL program will still be here, but the edict, as it were, that there's going to be no indie guys is going to be lifted. So you could expect to see more independent wrestling talent at some of these tryouts, Glenn. What do you think about that? Which is great news for any uh, paunchy wrestler who is 40 years old and five foot 10 or shorter. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you sky's the limit. You might've thought WWE was off the table, but that door is now back open. Workhorses can now try out for WWE. Yes. Uh, no, I think it's good. I think so. I would like to see NXT 1.5. I think 2.0. Look, developmental's always good. Developmental's always going to be exciting because it's always going to be new talent. And hopefully, not things we've seen before. But if we kept some of the talents that are working, some of the throw everything against the wall and see what sticks spirit of NXT lately, and we could get back to just having a really credible main title program that was really compelling. Um, I, th- I think there's the right balance between black and gold and 2.0. I really think they can stumble upon it. And I would love to see some of the more uh, promising superstars mix it up. And I think it would benefit them. I think Tony D'Angelo and Nikita Lyons and uh, a lot of the other talents could really benefit from working with more experienced workers who, Maybe, you know, because right now it's like if you're not in a program with Apollo or Mandy, you're not working with anyone who's got main roster experience. And I think uh, bringing in different styles and different influence could really, really help. And that's going to be important in terms of, at the very least, reloading NXT to some degree, because as much as we do enjoy a lot of NXT 2.0, of course, the story uh, came out this week that NXT is going to go head to head with AEW All Out September 4th. And if that's the case, this version of NXT is not necessarily going to be that threatening. Uh, They're probably going to need more star power. They're going to need a little bit more of the black and gold era. I agree that a hybrid between NXT 1.0 and NXT 2.0 would be good uh, in terms of competing with AEW. They're going to need something that's going to cause a splash and get people to turn away from All Out. And in, in its current form, I don't think it's going to do that. But I think Triple H realizes that. And I do expect to see some of that integrated. I like NXT 1.5. That sounds it kind of sounds like NXT black and gold, but with DVD commentary. Like yes. it's the same thing, but they're just gonna it's go the censored version. They have the yeah. scenes that were too hot for theaters. Um, and it's a horny show, so who knows how that's gonna go. But my question is who's left? I mean, what are they gonna do? Raid MLW, which would be very funny considering the lawsuit. But uh, where are they gonna pull from? Do they still have their feeder deal with Evolve? Does Evolve is Evolve still even a company? Like, where does the talent come from if they're going to pull from the indies now? Yeah, I think Evolve's still out there. And the indies are still thriving to a degree. They're not what they were pre-pandemic, but they're slowly but surely coming back. There is still talent. But who's a name? Who's a name that's not signed to Ring of Honor? Um, 
AEW, which Ring of Honor. Um, I guess Impact, you can get out of an Impact deal pretty easily, it seems like. NWA, I don't know if Billy's got like his hooks in everyone. Um, yeah, it's just a more limited pool, I think. Yeah, if you want to get spicy, you can get Jonathan Gresham. I mean, he's having his problems Good. with AEW. I know he's still under contract, and I don't think Tony Khan is going to release him from his contract uh, before AEW. Well, not now. Out. Not now, so that he could go off into NXT. So that might be a long shot, but there is still plenty of talent. Jacob Fat too is one of the best in the world yeah. right now in terms of up and coming. And I know that I WWE that. loves that lineage of Samoan super athletes, and he's incredible. And Jacob Fat is phenomenal. Yeah. Saw him uh, wrestle Fat Boy King Papa Esco uh, in San Francisco. And it was just like two big guys just throwing each other all over like uh, a rec center. Like it was amazing. Fat Boy King Papa Esco. Yes. And he had shirts that said Fat Boy. And like uh, he was phenomenal. Like that's a wrestler you all should be watching. The dude's got legit like 2,000 followers on Twitter, but I swear to God, like his gimmick is on point. I think he came out with like a cigar in his mouth. Like that dude should be going places. He was phenomenal against Jacob Fatu. Can if they can fit, what is his name? Fat boy. Fat boy, I believe King Papa Esco. King Papa Esco. They can fit that on a t-shirt. I might buy that t-shirt. If they can fit all those words on the t-shirt, I might be. Yeah. Actually, just as fat, it just, I think it just said King Fat Boy. And I was like, I kind of want to buy one of those, but I don't know that I would wear it out. No, wear it out. You have to, you have to buy that to wear it out. You can wear it to the gym. No, I, I, I haven't told this story in a while. So I'm walking down the street, and there's a group of kids that are hanging out, right? And I'm walking to my car, and I hear a kid yell out, Hey, fat ass. And I turn around, and he goes, Sorry, sir, we weren't talking to you. <laughs> Do you think they were? Do you think they were just messing with you? No, they were talking to like one of their friends. <laughs> but was, was he a like, fat ass? Was this guy a fat ass? It was, it was a chunky kid, you know, but I was just like, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for clarifying. I appreciate that. But I'm the, I'm the one that turned around because I was like, what? What's going on? Well, the thought that they thought that you might even be confused that they're talking to you as an insult for them to be like, oh, no, no, we're not talking to your fat ass. Like, screw those kids. But yes, uh, King Fatboy, Papo Esco, uh, highly recommend checking his stuff out. No, and there's probably some other indie talents that are out there. I mean, look, we were talking about this off the air the other night. We said, with Vince gone and Triple H in charge, like Enzo's probably never coming back now. Like, Yeah, Triple H and Enzo do not get along. Who knows what could happen, but I don't see it happening. Cass, maybe. I still, I I still think, think yeah, that. Yeah, they were interested when he showed up on AEW, he faced Wardlow. And WWE Brass was very impressed with him. He looks great. And there's also people on Impact. I mean, Impact is always, I don't want to call it a feeder system, but WWE's never been shy about getting people from Impact. And I actually think Jordan Grace, I've always been surprised that they never took a look at No, Jordan she's Grace. got a, she's got a really good day job that she likes. I follow oh, yeah, her on yeah, Twitter. It's a lot she's of explained. On... Yeah. Okay. Are you talking about the OnlyFans or <laughs> no, 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 no. She legit has a day job that she really likes. And likes the schedule. I hope I'm not speaking for her, but this is my recollection. She has a day job she really likes, and she likes the schedule that she's allowed to wrestle and keep her career going. I see. Okay, well, yeah, good. Yeah. Get it how you live it. She doesn't have to wrestle if she doesn't want to. I'm just saying selfishly cool. as somebody who enjoys her work, I think she'd be amazing in WWE. But remember, Nick Khan, co-CEO of the company, is the dude that made a lot of these cuts or signed off on a lot of these cuts. So I don't see them bringing back Frankie Monet or... Um, even uh, uh, Braun Strowman. 
you know although did you read and i think this is this is false but someone was like oh a lot of these cuts and then the missing money like from what vince did like oh does that play in but it's like vince paid out of personal funds i believe that's not true but they're just trying to look better for wall street i don't see them bringing back an influx of talent right now just for no. kicks i think it's going to be more um in the future it's just gonna be more of an open field of the criteria that they use to select new talent going forward yeah we might see people here and there come back and it's going to be a select few and it's probably going to be some of the bigger stars in the history of nxt like a johnny gargano but i don't really see wwe doing an about face the reason a lot of these people were released is not because vince didn't like them that might be part of it but if vince you kind didn't of, even know who they were me, yeah to me it's because they're setting up for sale or they're setting something up business-wise and they want the company to look as cost efficient as possible and so for business reasons is why a lot of these people got released. So I don't see them turning around on that, especially with Nick Khan getting more power. Plus, look at what's going on with HBO Max Discovery right now. Look what's going on with Netflix. Everyone is cutting costs on content creation, given the insane growth we've seen, given the economic conditions. Like, yeah, I think, in fact, WWE should probably get in the business of doing more short-term bookings and short-term contracts with talent uh for specific storylines and things here and there that would probably make better business sense for them yeah that's something aew does they bring somebody yeah. in. that's what they did with big cats and i wouldn't have a problem with at least nxt doing that where they bring in a big name to cause some buzz that's really what they should do for this i mean i, I call it a takeover but who knows if they're going to call it takeover again but for this nxt premium live event they really should bring people in even if it's a short-term deal like your goal on that night should be to steal the headlines from AEW or at least get stuff trending on Twitter while AEW is getting stuff trending and having somebody come in for a short-term pop, it's not going to hurt anybody on NXT. Did they announce a name yet for it? They have not. I, there's okay. No I'll tell you what they need to do. You want to beat all out? No, no, no. NXT homecoming. And here's what you do. You get former roster members. You get Seth Rollins. You get a couple former guys. You get Johnny Gargano back for one night only. You get Enzo and Cass back for one night only. You get just this, this mix of older talent and then newer talent put together these matches. You do NXT homecoming like that, bring in the main roster, bring in those names. I think you got a fighting chance against all out. Otherwise, I don't know. So like ECW one night stand. Yeah. Yeah. But you do this. I mean, bring Roman in. If you, if you, if it's really about beating AEW, like you don't leave anything on the table. Well, that's going to be the same weekend as the Cardiff Wales show, the Clash of the Camps Castle. Yeah. So they're not going to have access to pretty much any of not the everyone. Yeah. main roster names. But there's going to be people on the main roster who aren't going to be part of that card who you can keep back in Florida or wherever they decide to do that card and have them come on the NXT show. Yeah, but I think they got to do something really special with this. You know, it can't just be the same old. You know who else could show up on that NXT show? I oh, think, you know, who, who could? could? Sasha Banks, ladies and gentlemen, and or Naomi, because it's sounding like the Triple H regime is open to bringing them back. Dave Meltzer was talking on a podcast, and he said that he believes that Triple H is uh, looking to reconcile with Sasha and Naomi. It's nothing set in stone yet. It looks like they're testing the waters now that Vince McMahon is gone, but... It's looking like WWE is open to bringing Sasha and Naomi back if they want to come back, of course, because it seemed like untenable differences. They yeeted those titles on John Laurinaitis' desk and didn't look back. But I wouldn't be opposed to Sasha Banks coming back. No, to WWE. not at all. Well, in fact, so it was also announced today Naomi is joining Sasha at that convention next weekend. 
Oh, really? Wow. For signing and photo ops. So Very interesting. You if you're attending, yeah, yeah. Ask those questions when you're getting your photo op. <laughs> and let's, let's, what's, what's, I guarantee you there's going to be so much video and so many quotes of them deferring to answer when they're asked next week that it's going to get the rumor mill going. Cause like, well, they didn't say they're never coming back. They didn't yeah. say they're done with this. And that's what they should do to get their names out there. And I want them at their booth to be sitting behind a replica desk of John Laurinaitis. And they yes. should have like tag team belts on that desk. And that would be a great photo op. Absolutely. Um, I would love to see them back. I don't know. I mean, how, how do they mea culpa this? Do they just be like, Hey, here's a million dollar bonus each. And you're going to get to call the shots in the women's tag division. I mean, what do you do? to smooth things over here can they be smoothed over that's a good question i don't know if it's a money thing i don't know if offering more money is going to be the key to this sasha banks is somebody who takes her mental health very seriously i think she might have been triggered because this was very similar circumstances to when she walked out after wrestlemania 35 and took a sabbatical and actually mm -hmm. tried to quit it was she was tag team champions they took the belts off of her and she was very upset with how she had been booked as tag team champions at a wrestlemania and around that same time frame Tag team champions not really being booked the way she wants to. Uh, you could say whether or not you agree with her. I'm just arguing that when she seems to get triggered or get kind of into a space where she feels like her mental health is going to go south, she leaves the situation, which is exactly what you should do if, you know, you want to keep your mental health top of mind. So I just think a conversation with Triple H, I think the idea that John Laurinaitis and Vince McMahon are gone, it's a new day, it's a new era. Uncle Paul is there from NXT. Remember, they were very close then, although it seemed like she was close with Vince McMahon too, and that kind of went belly up. But I think Triple H being able to talk to them, Triple H and maybe even Stephanie McMahon being able to talk to them that it's a new era, that's going to be more to them than you get more money. I think we, you know, show don't tell. I think that right now, I mean, tonight, uh, um, yeah, what did my wife say? You could still feel the 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 influence on uh, WWE. We're not there yet, and I was like, wait till after SummerSlam. Then then I it's think wait longer than that. I, I think at so I, I feel like Triple H is going to try to do something big at SummerSlam to kind of put his mark on WWE. But not only is it going to take a while for these changes to happen, I don't think a lot of the changes people want to happen are going to happen because Triple H and Vince McMahon see eye to eye on a lot of things. And wow. you can't convince me that Vince McMahon doesn't have any influences and he's just gone forever. I feel like we're in the Wizard of Oz era, that he's behind the curtain doing something, sending some texts. There's a red phone at the gorilla position and it rings whenever Tommaso Ciampa is on the TV for too long. So I think Vince McMahon still has some degree of influence and it's going to take wow. a while for that to leave. You got to get rid of Kevin Dunn. You got to get rid of uh, Michael Hayes and everyone that, I mean, Bruce, I think Bruce in and of himself isn't a problem, but I think if you have this regime, that's essentially Vince's guys it's not going to change, but it is interesting what we heard from the writer's room that like Vince would forget that they did so many matches. And that's why we saw so many rematches. Like he didn't remember people's names. Like, I don't know. I think like, just there's some basic competencies that could really improve just now by him not having his uh, finger on the, the controls, you know? Absolutely. I think there's going to be subtle changes that'll make a big difference. It's not that I don't think there's going to be changes, but I think the changes that will be made are going to be really good changes like storyline continuity, like new matchups and like, uh, you know, stuff of that nature. And I think that's going to make a big difference because I thought Triple H did a great job in NXT. He had the luxury of it being taped. So they were able to just yeah. do all that and 
know where they were going. But I, I do think that Triple H is going to take this as a challenge, and he's he's going to be motivated, man. And Tony Khan's Tony Twitterfinger sitting on that tweet, gloating, man. You can't. This is a direct result to that. Okay, don't ask me how I know, but this is NXT going head to head with AEW is a direct result of Tony Khan going on Twitter. And in Glory, which I thought was hilarious, and I want Tony Khan on Twitter to be Tony Twitter fingers, but pride cometh before the fall. And I think WWE, a motivated Triple H, he's a, he's a smart wrestling mind. I'd be a little nervous if I'm Tony Khan. When are we getting? When are we getting the auto tune, uh, the mixtape that you're putting together of all Tony Khan's tweets? <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, yeah somebody's got to wrap it because he's not saying these. But th- we, I we mean, got Fiverr, go dude. Fiverr, dude. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Fiverr, and we're going to put it on the streets. That, that, or that's find, a, find an MC, you know? Yeah. What's, yeah, I'm sure you can find an MC out there that's got some Tony Khan beef, you know? Nikita Lyons can rap. Is she, what, what's she doing? We're, we, I thought we were never speaking of that promo again. <laughs> it has been the one blemish on an otherwise fantastic run in NXT yeah. 2. And it was so long ago, I almost forgot about it until just she, now. She's, brought up she's living her truth, you know? <laughs> and we'll leave it at that um man she cannot become champion soon enough okay so some super chats eng five dollars is disappointing the max wait how is it disappointing the max dupree still in the group even after all the talk in the news i thought we wanted max dupree back yeah i want him back in the group i was checked out of this completely i thought it was a terrible segment from maximum male models until max came back and i think that he was fine i, I might uh, I know it was very polarizing and backstage Vince did not like his delivery. I thought it was great. I thought what they were doing and where I thought they were going was going to be incredible, but he's back and I feel like he's going to be a different version and it's not going to be what we saw initially. So I think this is starting to get away from them, but I was glad to yeah. see Max Dupree back. They need to change it up a bit. Tonight was kind of lame. It was good to see him back, but they, um, they are relying too much on the same catchphrases, the same, hook like this like i can't i cannot stress this enough every week you need to give us like something new something that could catch on and become the next catchphrase you know like swing for the fences every time and they're not doing that they're just riding this in the ground and the summer swimwear collection being all the summer slam stuff that was kind of dumb too and max maxine dupree is no max dupree no, it's too basic, and there's no personality there. There's nothing different. I liked the low talking. I mean, I heard the backstage scuttlebutt that that Super Chat was alluding to is that Max Dupree was himself not a fan of how he was instructed to talk and act. But I thought the whole act was really good, and I thought it had potential if they were to just week after week let it grow and let people get connected to the Max Dupree and all the little stupid campy things that they were doing I thought was going to catch on. Yeah. Um, Monopoly Man, $5. Edge needs to return with his Rob Zombie theme Ugh. or rated RK. No, that Rob Zombie theme, I thought was his worst theme music. I thought it was awful. That's never going to stop theme music. I liked the Bruce. Well, you don't, you, you're not a fan of Rob theme. Zombie's Never Gonna Stop, really. No, I'm not a fan of Rob Zombie. What a shock. <laughs> Did you see his uh, trailer for his uh, Monsters reboot? No, I didn't know he was doing a Monsters reboot. Oh, you need to, to watch it. this trailer. You need to watch. I don't mind his movies, uh, but uh, he's just not my favorite musician. Okay, so you remember how those trailers would go viral like ten years ago? That were like the porn parody of something, and the trailer would always go viral. Yes. Okay, the Monsters movie looks like the porn parody of a Monsters movie. <laughs> well, let's get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, probably I'll watch that in the verified section. 
Yeah. Uh, Brian Berry, 499, Dungeons and Dragons. What y'all think of the show? You know, I didn't watch that yet. I heard, though, uh, that it was quite good. Not a Dungeons or Dragons guy. But uh, the thing about the Munsters, you know, the Munsters was about black people. Or not necessarily just black people. It was an allegory of minorities and oh, yes. moving into a neighborhood and being different. But when I heard that, it completely changed the way I watched the Munsters. No, well, it's like the X-Men, right? I mean, the X-Men is the great uh comparison for the civil rights movement with professor x oh, being yeah. like mlk and magneto being like uh malcolm x yeah. i mean it's very interesting you know they have a martin the king newton too but it was funny when you said that i thought you were going for like uh and i was thinking in my mind like oh my god this is the greatest in living color sketch that we never got where everything that's <laughs> brought up and you go you know that's actually about black people and then <laughs> that'll be a thread throughout the shows <laughs> You know, Maximum Male Models is actually about black people and how hard it is to get in the modeling industry. Actually, the modeling industry, I mean, legit, like that's that's a whole other conversation. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you see the Abercrombie uh, documentary? That's They go into that. No. No. Interesting. Movie. Very interesting. Uh, Steve Marco Chile, Buck 99, better on the main roster. Lions are Stratton. Stratton. Ooh. Yeah. Stratton, 100%. Stratton is made to be a WWE superstar. And I, I'm saying that as a compliment and kind of as a slight that but she's just that prototypical wrestler that they're going to push and i yeah. think the lions has a good ceiling but there's a risk there that they sour on her and they just don't get it nikita lions needs like another year she needs like a year run as the nxt women's champ and i mean like and honestly this sounds like a weird thing to say but i think that she she's still really young and i think that if she just matures like another year gets a little more confidence a little more swagger and just kills it in nxt knows that top position i think she'll be ready for the main roster and i think she's actually going to be one of the biggest baby face uh female champs that the wwe has ever had but not in like a bailey way but in like that becky the man tweener uh sort of spot I can see it. And you look at these two women in Nikita Lyons and Tiffany Stratton and Tiffany Stratton is more what you would call conventionally beautiful in terms of just wow. skinny blonde and what WWE I think would consider conventionally beautiful where it's of the line of Sable or Sunny and she just kind of looks like the conventional woman. But the thing is, and I don't know if WWE knows this and I hope they do, the conventionally beautiful woman today is Nikita Lyons. That's what the streets want. The, the Instagram model has the ass and the curves. That's what's hot today. The Brazilian butt lips. I'm not saying that she has, but I'm saying a lot of people want an ass like that. They want to look like Nikita Lyons. Whereas Tiffany Stratton is more of like a throwback beauty, more mm. Marilyn Monroe type beauty, an old school version of being attractive. And I don't know if WWE realized that, but you look at these two women and you think, oh, Tiffany Stratton has the advantage because she's this skinny blonde and that's that that's a thing of the past in terms of how people are attracted to women these days. No, and Tiffany Stratton is not going to be like once in a generation champion. I think she's going to be like Carmela 2.0, but it'll be for very good TV. She'll have a very good career. She'll be able to blend into a lot of different segments, a lot of storylines. You'll be able to have her feud with anyone and everyone. In fact, a feud with her and Carmela would actually be incredible. Um, I think she's gonna have a lot of longevity, but no, but Nikita, I, I would put Nikita up there as, um, yeah, I think she's going to be someone that five years from now, we talk about the way that we do, uh, Becky and Sasha, uh, you know, some of the biggest talents that, that we've seen in the women's division. Yeah. I think she has a huge ceiling. I, the only way I think it doesn't work for Nikita is if WWE management looks at her 
And you mentioned a lot of Vince's guys who are still hanging around. There's going to be an old school mentality that she has to work a certain way or she needs to lose some weight and look more like the women that we have here on the roster. Or they're going to have some old school backwards mentality in terms of how they need to present her. And I hope that doesn't hurt Nikita Lance. No, I think her look is phenomenal. It absolutely commands attention. Um, I've honestly, I, and I haven't seen anything negative. Like there, are no, I'm not seeing hate. You know what I mean? Like there aren't haters. Like nobody. I mean, because she she carries herself so well. I think it's really just that she has got that spark of swagger, but she's still just a little green when it comes to promos. Her wrestling is actually, it just needs a little more polish for the main roster. But um, yeah, like. I think uh, Kevin Dunn should be barred from ever being able to express his opinion about a woman female talent ever again after some of the stuff we've heard that he had to say about Becky and whatnot. What, oh, I, I believe I missed this. What, what do you have to say about Becky? I mean, look it up. I mean, he's not a fan of her accent, doesn't want her talking, doesn't think she's oh, attractive enough in a you know, stereotypical sense. Um, I mean, those things he said about like Kelly Kelly, according to Freddie Prince Jr., um yeah it's just you know i think that um stephanie being co-ceo and i think putting more women in positions of power especially in creative will be very very good for the company yeah i don't know how much i believe in the creative process in terms of wwe having all these writers i just happen to think that wrestling is better when there's less cooks in the kitchen but if they are going to have this writer's room it should be a diversity of thought so that you can get more creative storylines. And hopefully without Vince McMahon, they will feel empowered to take risks. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing, because when you look at it, look how much churn they've had in the writer's room and how many writers. I mean, I've had DMs with so many writers, people that wrote for WWE that are like, you have no idea. You have no idea the storylines, the things we had planned, the stuff mm -hmm. that everybody was on board with. But like Vince didn't want to do it or Vince didn't get it. You know, so I think that just give them a chance to try and fail. And it's like, God, if we even had some spectacularly bad segments, that could actually be really entertaining. It's just the sure. sameness. I mean, we'll talk about this tonight, but it's like the Viking Raiders. Like, is anybody popping for that gimmick? And like the New Day is out there and they're just kind of even at this point treading water and running in place like. Where were the big swings on tonight's show creatively? Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. I agree. They might be getting outgunned by NXT. I mean, I, I went back and watched the Andre Chase match again. Not only did I think it was a good match, but that Garvin stomp thing that Andre Chase has going on, I think is incredible. And it's now not just the student section. Now everybody wants to be part of the student section, which was a finesse all along, is that you bring yeah. these plants to make him seem more over than he is, even though I've been a fan since day one. And now everybody is kind of trying to do the copycat thing. And I... I don't go back and watch things from Raw or SmackDown on regular. And I feel like every week on NXT, there's at least one thing that I want to go back and check out because they are taking those risks. You know, and that's the thing. And to give props to AEW, stuff like the music video tonight. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, which isn't to say, I mean, Miz and Morrison were doing that, you know, as recently as like a year ago. But let the talent produce more of their own stuff. I mean, I feel like we've even moved away Remember all the great backstage promo? And it was weird that we were getting those self-tape promos. I mean, I know the text ruined it, but remember we were getting those pre-pandemic. Yeah. Like I was the self-tape. Well, but I like the idea that the talent was producing their own stuff. I like the idea that they were trying. I mean, like, 
in my mind, the way WWE should work is that they are a company that puts on a variety show twice a week and producers, talent, writers, like you've got your main storylines, the things you have to include. But aside from that, best ideas, it's meritocracy. Like the best ideas, the most creative things make it on the air. And maybe it should be like SNL. I mean, SNL cuts half an hour worth of sketches every week. You know, yeah. so they should have extra stuff that they're not using and stuff that gets pitched in the room where people are saying like, oh, no, that's terrible. Or, oh, hey, maybe go back and redevelop this or maybe we'll air this or we'll bump it for time. Like, I don't know. You've got these huge rosters. Like, let's do more with it and put on good TV. We know that, OK, Roman and Brock, that has to be the big storyline. And we know we have to advance X, Y and Z. But at the same time, man, like just entertain us. You know, the, we should never be bored watching these shows. I like the idea of having a cut for time segment. So yeah. You go on WWE's YouTube channel and you just see a backstage. That's pretty much what it is when they do these WWE exclusives. Uh, so I guess cut for time maybe is just another way of saying that. But I, I like that idea. That would actually be a great storyline similar to Jeff Cesario and the Larry Sanders show. Yes. Uh, you could have an idea where you have a talent that every week, sorry, card ran along this week. We're going to have to cut your match. You know, And then when you finally get to see them wrestle, it becomes a big deal because you know that they've been waiting for it. We've been waiting for it. You know, they could do some fun, creative things if they really just um, break from Vince's template that has evolved, like it evolved, but I don't think it evolved in a positive way. Yeah. The, and the bump is a top five episode of Larry Sanders. And I believe that was the episode where I decided that Hank Kingsley is the greatest television character of all time. I thought he was amazing. Greatest ever. Wow. You're going to bump my dead father. <laughs> God, I love Hank Kingsley. If even that, even that would be great. I want to see a wrestler. I mean, think about how wrestlers have used their family in promos before, but have something like that be like, hey, you know, I had a family member pass away today. They were a big inspiration. I just want to give them time. Like, what a great way to get heat with the GM. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I feel like as a kid, like, they don't have to hire me to write for the show, but as a consultant, I feel like, we, we can really just explain in two hours, like, here are some small ways you could greatly improve your product. Yeah, WWE is similar enough to the Muppets in Saturday Night Live that yeah. it can be great with that format. They can adopt and take from the way they produce those shows. And I think WWE could be really good in terms of just being a variety show that's something different for everybody. And when I say that, it's funny because you look at wrestling and it does look like a variety show. But like you said, really there is not. a sameness there. And when yeah. you see how people start talking, you start to get used to the cadence and everybody just seems like a toy soldier who's being inserted in this segment where in real life, they're all very different, unique, creative people. And there's something to be tapped into. And it's the reason why they need to bring back Ryan Ward, because I'm thinking now in 2016, they did have that. They did have Daniel Bryan one week where he was like Kermit the Frog. And it was like, the Miz won't come out of his dressing room. And we've got this problem and this problem. And Daniel's like, nobody talk to me. I've got fires to put out. Like that was a like SmackDown used to be incredible. And that's where Daniel Bryan really shined with Adam Pierce. Like he's got like one problem every other week. And it's yeah. normally Sonya Deville. It's just, yeah. or it's like some wrestler, oh, I'm going to find you. It's just not interesting. And it doesn't tie into anything else. You know, one of the greatest comedic things WWE, I think, has ever done was Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Yeah. I went and got a Southpaw Regional Wrestling t-shirt. I, I was got very much hug. into it. And the reason I think it was so good is that you had somebody there who was directing and who was guiding them, but they really did let the wrestlers kind of explore and make the characters their own and, and ad lib and improv and put themselves into it. And I think that might be the approach WWE needs to take.
Isn't there an unseen third season of that? Oh, I didn't know that. I've seen the first and second. I think there might be a third season that was shot, but then Gals and Anderson got released and some things didn't make sense. Just blur them out. Stop it. <laughs> they were the main characters of the show. Put them in the, you know, remember that episode of South Park where they couldn't show Muhammad and so they put him in a teddy yeah. bear costume? They could do that. They could. Uh, Terry Allen Jr., $2. Seamus is written in my face theme. He could ask. I don't know. Seamus is written in my face theme. Is, is it, he had a song called, what was his original song called? I think that was what it was called. It was called Written in Something. Um, Oh, there we go. Steve Marcuccioli, Buck 99, do that NXT event on a beach versus All Out. It's a yeah. horny show. We can't put these kids on a beach. To borrow a term, NXT is going to have to go all out if they want <laughs> to get people interested in that over AEW. And they've got all the resources to do that. I'm not saying they can't. What I am saying is that this NXT 2.0 is not going to excite people who are dead set on watching AEW. AEW has a very hardcore fan base. And I don't even think WWE should go indie either. It's it should no, be a no. they tried that and they got their asses whooped. So they need to use what makes them different from NA, from AEW to defeat them. Um, Peter Bahi, two dollars. Quick shout out to my two favorite hosts. Thank you. What's Peter. up, Peter Bahi? Bahi pulled yeah. up on Instagram this week. I followed him. Oh, nice. Uh, Brian Barry, Buck ninety nine. Will Bray show up tomorrow? I feel like it's a question before every big show, and I my know. answer is always probably not. But if he does, that'd be great. Listen, they do this Edge thing. And I, I know, I'm sure it's Edge, and it, pretty much they're telling you it's Edge, and all the clues lead to him. Maybe he brings Bray with him. I, I, I've never thought that Bray was going to go anywhere else other than WWE. And I think I think it's health reasons as to why he's gone. It's, honestly, it's a, he had some health issues. But I do think that he, when he, if he wants to come back to be a wrestler, I think he's going to do it in WWE. Man, I miss the Firefly Funhouse. That's a great example of how you swing big and you just reap dividends. 100%. You know? Merch. They sold merch. It was great. And then Ryan Ramirez, $4.99. Big fan. Guys, I always wanted to be on the podcast with you all one day. I don't have to. It's on my bucket list. Thanks for all you do, Wrestling Inc. fam. You know, if you probably write Raj Giri a check. (laughs) And I know he doesn't own the site anymore. But if you write Raj Giri a check, I have a feeling... You could probably make move that decimal about two or three spots over, and I think we might have a deal. No, but well, we can make that happen. Ryan, thank you for the kind words. You know, it'd be cool to have somebody come on and chop it up. I agree. I agree. Um, so, do we have to talk about the show tonight? We opened with an old fashioned Donnie Brook match. Old fashioned. They really like that. Even with Vince gone, they're still going with the old fashioned. Here's the thing it's the 30th anniversary of the House of Pain debut album, Fine Malt Lyrics. And you're telling me we couldn't even get Danny Boy or DJ Lethal? I mean, we don't have to get Everlast. I understand he's a bit elusive, but come on. Like, <laughs> we could have tied this in to the Donnybrook match. 100%. That would have been great. You know, uh, this is like the first half hour of the show. Yes, like, if, I liked it, though. Yeah. If, if you like these guys and you're invested in this, uh, Drew McIntyre, I feel like. This this word has been out in the street for months that Drew McIntyre was going to probably face Roman Reigns at the UK Stadium show. Yes, it's. I feel like as soon as it was announced, Drew McIntyre was getting one question after another about how would it feel to win the title in your own home country. Very interesting to see how they navigate these waters. You got Cody still out there. I know he's hurt, but probably coming back from the Royal Rumble. 
Um, Theory has the money in the bank briefcase. I really don't think that's where they're going to go with this. But like, Drew McIntyre is a rock. Might be out there. They do a match in Inglewood. But Drew McIntyre might be the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns. I mean, they keep talking about how he's had it for a thousand days. You got Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. Does Austin Theory look like he could legit win a fight against any one of these guys? No, he doesn't even look like he could kayfabe win a fight against any one of these guys because he gets that ass whooped every single week. Every week it's the same thing where WWE, this Money in the Bank is a gift and a curse because everybody who wins Money in the Bank, they think to themselves, well, He's got money in the bank, so that keeps him over. So we can beat him, and we can just beat him up and make him look like a chump when I think that's so counterintuitive. It is, but I'm telling you, like, and they did this with Baron Corbin, certainly, but um, I think, and it's not a size thing, because, like, Finn Balor, I think Finn Balor has a fighting chance. Um, you could you could give me a match where it makes sense, but this idea that, like, Theory's just going to weasel his way to a win when the champ is already uh, beat down and he's just basically going to come in like, you know, James Ellsworth uh, or something like anyone could do it. Like that's not an exciting angle, you know? Yeah. And you know, I mean, at least they better cause they've been really teasing the hell out of this. You know, he's at least going to show up to cash in the briefcase. I just, I think that might be where we get one of the bigger angles of the night where maybe somebody shows up to stop him. Maybe I don't think he wins or I don't even think he cashes in. I think he teases it and then something will happen to stop him from Hmm. cashing in. Well, so, and this is why it's critically important that Liv Morgan win her match against Ronda or, or I think Bailey's probably going to show up or something will happen to cause a non-finish, but because Liv kind of snuck that win and the crowd responded in such a way we need to, we need this uh, title defense for to build uh, Liv's credibility. Liv has to win this match or else she's going to look like somebody who just got lucky. It could be a blessing in disguise to lose this match. Wrestling fans have a persecution complex and her losing this match will cause people to think that Ronda Rousey is being pushed to the moon as their golden girl and they're taking Liv away from us. And it'll be like a Brian Danielson type of thing that will force Ronda to turn heel, really. Yes, and we'll all occupy SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be huge and not staged at all. Um so yeah. that ring. there's nothing they could do about it. <laughs> at all. Uh so <laughs> Drew McIntyre won that match. Uh apologize to Seamus. Here he came out of nowhere though and attacked McIntyre. They really put over that shillelagh too. They said it was his grandfather's shillelagh. Do you believe that? Sure. Sure. Uh, so, uh, like this with Corbin buying a ticket, being in the crowd to heckle McAfee tonight, that was actually really clever. I thought it was funny. I, yeah, I, I, I think that. it would have been funny if a baby face did that. Cause Pat McAfee, you just, it's hard to, to laugh at him and, and want to see him get screwed with like that. But I thought this was very funny. Baron Corbin was great in this segment. Yeah. Um, so... What about after that? Oh, uh, Lacey Evans, not medically cleared to wrestle. You think that's kayfabe or has she been hanging out with Rick again? Is like baby number three on the way? <laughs> yeah, so I think oh, I think she's going to go see his last match. I mean, it's a couple days away. I oh, think, I didn't even think about that. I think they're going to do what I suggested. They should have her standing in the ring afterwards with her baby to suggest that that's a real... I mean, the timing of that, this is the thing. Like, if you're working an angle that you're having an affair with uh, Ric Flair... And then you actually get pregnant and need to take time off. I mean, 
Like life gives you lemons, you know? Yeah. I don't know. This Ric so, Flair match is going to be wild. I'm, I kind of am disappointed in myself from taking part in all this, but I'm actually looking forward to seeing how this is going to go. I, I hope he survives, obviously. But it's going to be very interesting. I hope he survives. Obviously, I hope he survives. But, you know, that's a real thing. I mean, you know, the guy, he's in his 70s. And he's wrestling it in, I, I don't know how he got cleared. But we're doing this. So let's all go to hell together. Okay. There you go. Uh, Lacey Evans not cleared. So we got Shotzi versus Aaliyah. Nice, nice match. Yeah, this is fine. I feel like Shotzi is like Austin Theory without the briefcase or Ooh. the man parts because she just keeps getting beat up and that's just she her look gimmick. good though. But Shotzi looks credible though. I thought she looked right. fantastic out there tonight. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she looked credible as a wrestler. She looked like a good wrestler until Ronda Rousey just kind of swatted her away. Mm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, but Shotzi won this, and um, then we had Ronda come out grabbing the mic. But Liv Morgan and Ronda versus an Italian Sony Deville. Can Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey coexist? That is such a unique story. See, this is what I like about this new era. Is they're tackling these unique storylines. Like, can they coexist? That's the the type of once-in-a-lifetime storytelling that we really didn't get under Vince. Yeah. Uh, they won. The babyfaces won. Actually, it's weird that it's kind of babyface. We're babyface tomorrow. But yeah, Liv and Ronda won. I like the story though. I really like how they did this match in that Liv Morgan refused to tag in. It was very different. This, this seems like this is something with Triple H's fingerprints all over it. She refused to tag in the whole match and then finally Ronda tagged herself in and got the win. And I really like how they did this. And, and I especially like that they, because what I thought was going to happen is she was going to stay in the ring and she was never going to tag out and then she was going to lose. And now you're kind of mm. setting that up. But I like how they did this. She's going to lose because they couldn't coexist. Yes. Much like humanity, we will lose this humanity if we cannot coexist. Oh, we've already lost. This is we're 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 on our way down. This is the apocalypse. Okay, this next election, if it happens, is going to be wild. Because we couldn't coexist. Yeah, let's, <laughs> WWE's trying to tell us something. It's a microcosm of society. It's true. Um, we got the referee instructions for tomorrow night. Jeff Jarrett was out there with the Usos and the Street Profits. This is fun. I like them running the dozens. I like the, is it illegal if I, and then they would say, if I beat him so bad, he brings out his face paint or something. That, that, that was, I thought this was a good segment. It was fun. It did kind of mess up the catchphrase at the end there, but other than that, I thought this was a good segment. Uh, it's just a shame. Talking uh, shit. Yeah. I mean, the Usos in the street, you know, maybe that's part of it. Like, I think this is where we started to see glimmers of this, but why weren't we having like more heated promos with these guys yeah. building this up, you know, I they should have done that, especially because of how great these matches have been. And this one's going to have a high bar to follow, but the promos is what's been missing. Yeah. The match is going to be phenomenal. Maybe they should have done a rap battle. Maybe they should have brought. They should, I was just going to say, like, honestly, Usos are, you know, it's gone well in the past. They could do an R and B battle. I know that Montez knows how to sing. An R- what's an r&b battle like exactly 
It's like a versus battle. It's like, you know, Omarion and Ray J. <laughs> An R&B. How do you diss somebody? I mean, like I've tried because R&B is not really like a diss or a punchline medium. Maybe, maybe they'll like try and out seduce one another about talking about like, you know, all the sexy things they're going to do to one another, you know, because that's in the spirit of R&B. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be violent. You know, you can get it. <laughs> I want to see that now. I want to see some really personal shots being taken, but to the tone of R&B. Singing about like Don't stealing you your trash. <laughs> I was going to say stealing, uh, uh, singing about stealing your girl. Like they could do a lot. Yeah. They could oh, do a lot. Oh, oh. Boy, could they yeah. ever. Listen, there's a lot to work with. They both got yeah. some material. It's true. It's true. That could be good. That could be good. I like I like how you're thinking with that. But yeah, I'm like, I want an army. I want to see like Johnny Gill and Ralph Tresvant like face off. Yeah. I was hearing rumors that there was going to be a Cisco R. Kelly beef. And on the album, it was, I don't think it was Unfinished Business. It might have been the one before that with Jay Z and R. Kelly before R. Kelly got maced. Was uh, R. Kelly had a bar for Cisco and he goes, Cisco's album flopped. And so I thought we were going to get an R&B beef there, but never materialized. Hmm. We'll never know. We'll never know. R. Kelly's got bigger things to worry about. Yeah, I was going to say, R. Kelly's got, well, he's going to have some time on his hands. <laughs> uh, Cisco's the least of R. Kelly's worries right now. True. Did Drew Hill ever get back together? I don't think so. Well, they might have. I think they did do a reunion tour, actually. They might okay. have done a versus battle now that I think about it. Interesting. Interesting. I feel uh, lied to. I was told that New Edition was going to like reunite for a Vegas residency, and I've seen no proof of that yet. I heard that too. Yeah, I mean, because I'll, I'll I'll be there when the pandemic's over, like over over. Like I will, since I live in Vegas, when there are those last minute unsold seats, I will go see New Edition multiple times Absolutely. in concert. I got to make up for lost time. Yeah, you know. I mean, isn't it funny that remember how New Edition broke up and there was a big deal like New Edition's getting back together. And then it was like, I feel like New Edition just pretty much just keeps getting back together. Like they're not ever officially together. But and then there's been the weird tours like like uh, actually there was the Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky and Mike tour where it was just Bell Biv DeVoe and Bobby Brown. I was like, oh, shit. And I heard that like they were guesting on each other. They were like doing each other's songs. So you go in and be like New Edition songs, BBD songs, Bobby Brown songs really would have liked to have gone to that. Wow, that sounds amazing. It's kind of like the New Day, where it's they're not always together, but they're always going to be the New Day, and they'll get together and split apart here and there. It's true. It's true. Uh, Jackson Callen saying, uh, uh, <laughs> "Drew's still looking. For, you mean Cisco's still looking? Still looking for thongs?" <laughs> and those thongs made him a lot of money. Those thongs bought him a, a mansion. It's crazy how over that song was. It's kind of a dumb song. I mean, yeah, it, but aren't all super popular songs, you've got to have the right mixture of dumbing it down and catchiness. And I think that's the key, because, you know, Cisco wasn't going to go viral talking about the Pythagorean theorem or, you know, the theory of relativity. You know? I don't know. I mean, like, Cotton Here is, like, a clever song. Like, there are some songs that are, like, dumb, but in a clever way. I don't know. But the thong song. What's clever about Hot It's getting so hot, I'm going to take your clothes off. That sounds no, uh, straightforward to me. I can get into the lyrics, but it's, like, it's it's not the chorus, but some of the verses right. are quite clever. If you actually, if you've never looked at the lyrics to that song, some of it is, like, okay, that's, like, Nelly went for it with yeah. that song. Nelly does spaz on that. Nelly is, is great in that. I, I always still think that Nelly's underrated. Because he did have that period where he's just like untouchable. But I do think that he's like a legit legend. And 
he's one of the greatest. People don't say that he's one of the greatest of all time, but I think he is. Yeah. No, having a hit hip hop song can be very, but yeah, it's, it's a fine line. You know, it's like, you don't want to end up with Ice Ice Baby. Baby Got Back originally was kind of like, oh, this is really revolutionary. That seemed like it was really played out. But then you go back and listen to it. You're like, no, this is some groundbreaking stuff. And it's actually really clever what Mix was doing with that song. Way ahead of his time, because now everybody's an ass guy. And Mix a lot was just kind of quirky for being an ass guy. And that's what he was known for. But now everybody's talking like that. Society, man. It's interesting. It's interesting Mm -hmm. how we've all evolved, you know? Yeah. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. <sighs> Having a novelty hit just must be kind of weird. I mean, like, what do you think Lou Bega's up to right now? <laughs> I would hate, I think that that is the worst. I would rather be a moderately famous, like, uh, what's the guy who's always, Jack Johnson, the guy who's always in Starbucks oh, yeah. or whatnot. Just like that level where it's you got your fan base or whatnot, maybe haven't had a huge hit. Then you have one huge hit, and that's what everybody knows you for. That's what everybody wants. Anytime your phone rings, you know they're telling you to do Mambo number five. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. So we're on Paramount Plus. We're watching the documentary about Don McLean and the song American Pie. You know the song. Oh, yeah. About the day the music died. And it's weird that it was like Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. The Big Bopper had one hit with a novelty song, Chantel. It would have been like in 1999 if there was a plane crash and it was like Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20, Ricky Martin, and Lou Bega went down. <laughs> like, it really contextualizes it, you know? Yeah, yeah. you, you got to sneak Lou Bega because then people will just look at him and think that he's like, oh, he's just like Ricky Martin. But no, no, he only had one. Yeah, I'm just saying quite a drop in quality between the first two and the big bopper, may he rest in peace, and Chantilly Lace. Great song, but you know, it's a little interesting when you think about that being like a cultural milestone. Yeah. And poor Lou Bega, his follow up, I believe, was called One Plus One, and it was pretty much the same song. Mm. I was like, it's the same cadence and everything, and uh, it didn't work out. It's very much like Let's Twist Again by Chuck Berry. Okay, Let's Twist Again is a fucking phenomenal song, and it was a huge hit. I actually think it was a bigger hit than The Twist was. What? Was it really? At the time, at the time. But Twist Again is a good song. That. People should do that. Because I guess people do remixes, but if somebody has a big hit in this day and age, just run it back. Do the same type of song, but just run it back. Veruca Salt did that when they had, so they had Seether that was huge. Yeah. And then they had Volcano Girls. And then the breakdown, they were like, yeah, so before we're talking about Seether, right? Like, <laughs> it was like, we're just calling it back. I want started from the bottom and I'm still here by Drake. Oh man, Did you watch uh, the clips of the OVO? Fest uh last night you did Canadian North Stars. Yeah, I saw that. Canadian hip hop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did bring out Rascals Northern Touch. They closed okay. the show with that. Drake did not rap on Northern Touch. I was very disappointed with that. Mm. Northern Touch up there with scenario as the best posse tracks ever. Wow. But it's all Canadian hip hop artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same beat as DMX's Get At Me Dog, basically. But it's very good. It's very well done. So let me ask you this, because I put a poll out on Twitter and I was shocked by the result. We all know Buster Rhymes had the best verse on Scenario. Yes. Who had the second best verse on Scenario? (sighs) I mean, you got Q-Tip. No. Charlie Brown. Q-Tip had the best verse? Uh, Leader Quest Mission, and we got the goods here. That's hard. No, I actually, I think Charlie Brown from Leaders of the New School 
I think uh, Charlie Brown had the best, second best verse on scenario. I would go Q Tip second best. I, I might even go Q Tip had the best. No, 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 no. Wait, no, better better no, than Buster Rhymes? No, no, no. Okay, Buster had the best verse. But I Fife's was really good. They're all yeah. good. good. They're Fife all good. Dinko D. Dinko D. Phenomenal. Everybody brought yeah. it. I think Charlie Brown had the second best verse on that. With the Who's That Brown? That's North Cackalacka. Yeah, New York, North Cackalacka, and Compton. Come on. Yeah, I've never really sat. I've never listened to it. I, I always see that song. Like, what's the scenario as like a group effort, like a team effort? But it, there is a competitive nature to that. Whenever a bunch of rappers get on a track like that, yeah, oh, I, I guess there definitely is. You don't. Alfred, somebody is. says to you, Alfred, we want you to contribute on a posse cut, and you're thinking, I want to be that verse, like in those twelve man Wu Tang freestyles, where you're just like. Yeah, okay, I'm just waiting for Method Man or ODB to kick in or Ghost Like yeah. nobody wants to be that guy. If you're on a posse cut, you wanna be the you wanna be the Buster Rhymes of that. Oh, of course. I think it's more of a thing now in terms of bodying the verse and, and running away with it. But yeah, there's always that competitive nature in hip hop, just by by nature, especially you know, like uh, uh cannabis dissing LL Cool J on track. Yes, but no, I'm looking at the poll results on this. I think of the poll three days left, but Q tip has 44%. Followed by Fife Dog at 28, Charlie Brown at 22, and Dinko D at 5.6. Now, I think people chose Q-Tip and Fife Dog because they were able to recognize the names from Tribe. And people don't know Leaders of the New School as much. Yeah, yeah. Leaders but, of the New School, mean, very, very underrated hip-hop group. And that's where Buster Rhymes started. Yeah. Buster, okay. Uh, for a long time, Buster was my favorite rapper. Really? For well, I, I think the first time I ever admitted that I had a favorite, oh, it was Coolio, and then it was Buster Rhymes. Interesting. Now, do you know, apparently he ghost wrote, maybe actually wrote, but on Belle Biv DeVoe's Do Me, including uh, the, the the rap on that, including some of the more questionable lyrics that have not aged well, uh, problematic to say the least, they're like, oh yeah, Buster wrote those. Like, they <laughs> threw him under the bus. <laughs> Hip-hop was never really intended to age well. You just, you gotta get a while out when you're, when you're rapping, even to this day. It is true. It is. I do listen to a lot of hip hop. I'm like, ooh, maybe no. That's yeah, not. You had me, and then you lost me. You know. I listened to Marshall Mathers LP the other day. <laughs> I mean, age is fine in terms of like the quality of rap, and it's. I think it's a phenomenal album, but <laughs> but if that's wild on that album. See, with M it works, and with NWA it works, and with Two Life Crew it works to an extent. Because um, if that's your shtick. You know what you're getting into. It's not like you're listening to like UTFO or something and you're just yeah. like tight, tight, tight. Oh, it was kind of homophobic or yeah, not so great. Like, um, you know who did the best? Like people say Too Short had the best like sex raps ever, but I'm actually say AMG coming out of Southern California produced by DJ Quick. Like if you listen to Bitch Better Have My Money, like that okay. record, you just know what you're in for. Like it is entire, it was like just an hour of sex rhymes. I think uh, he might need to be around for a little longer, but I think Tyga's got to enter the conversation for best sex rappers of all time. I, I, interesting. No, nobody in today's hip hop raps about sex the way Tyga does. Very interesting. I'll have to have to check that out. So now we got to talk about SmackDown. Man. Oh yes, Max Dupree. Max Trash Dupree to the end. Twenty twenty two Beachwear line. Maxine. Titillate the juices of your guilty pleasures. Was it always guilty pleasures? Why do I think it was forbidden desires? Because I think that's better. Guilty pleasures sounds right, but I'm going to have to go back and look. I think it was guilty pleasures. Yeah. Eh, this was okay. I'm glad, glad 
LA Knight's still in the mix. Mm, yeah, I was good to see him back, but I'm afraid that it's just going to be a different version. And I feel like they had lightning in a bottle and they let it out. Yeah. And they're not changing it up enough. Change it up. Yeah. You can't just do the same promo every week. I want a runway in the middle of that ring. I want them yes. wrestling with a runway in the ring. But it's like the forgetting, like the fashion police did well because they were parodying different things every week. Like maximum male models, especially because they haven't even wrestled yet. No. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't expect them to, but I'm sure they will. But I, I'm, I don't think they're doing this for the wrestling. Blue Chew in the chat saying, little Kim, don't F with real cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say the line, um, but last night when I was DJing to my cats, uh, I was playing the jump off and the opening line of the second verse on the jump off. I kid you not probably for just a half, like a good half an hour. I just kept lo- like just looping that because it's just, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous line. I think in all of hip hop, like easily in the top five, most ridiculous lines in hip hop. Just if you're not familiar with the lyrics, just look it up. I'm not, again, I'm not saying it, I'm not going there. I'll say but, it, uh, no, <laughs> just Google it. Google Google the jump off lyrics. Look at the first oh. lyric, the second verse, because it's crazy. <laughs> it is the dumbest line, but it's awesome. Yes, love me some Lil Kim. Yeah, uh, Lil Kim did a song with Cisco. That's one of my favorite Lil Kim songs, actually. How many licks? One of my, my favorite singles because she's got a lot of deep cuts that I absolutely love. But uh, my, one of my favorite singles with Lil Kim is How Many Licks. Lil Kim's underrated. And Very. I feel like brain confusion with Foxy Brown didn't help her. Yeah. And I feel like because women hip hop is having a moment and it's more than a moment. It's a full blown industry now. There's a lot of women rappers. Some of my favorites like City Girls are out here. And I don't think enough credit gets given to Lil Kim. A lot of people say Nicki Minaj is and she's a legend, too. And she definitely has an influence. But Nicki Minaj got her style from Lil Kim in, in a lot of ways. Ooh. So like, Lil Kim is the godmother of all of this. Okay, so we're just fully off on a tangent. Did you ever see that viral Reddit thread and video where somebody realized that Nicki Minaj slowed down sounds exactly like Jay-Z? No. And Jay-Z sped up sounds exactly like Nicki Minaj? Oh my god, you're kidding me. Yeah, you have to like you have to watch this. There's a video online, someone slowed down uh, like super bass, and it's like that sounds like Hove, man. Like this is, so okay did they slow it down and they just legitimately slowed it down or did they sugar it up and they no, added no some... they just legitimately slowed it down and someone was like <laughs> i remember one of the credit threads on reddit said well now i have a conspiracy the Nicki minaj is just really jay-z saying yo how can i get in on some of this like different audience <laughs> Nicki bodied jay-z on that monster verse by the way it was it was really? one of his weaker verses <sighs> feel like with jay-z i don't know like he's had some relevance but since post-retirement which would would that last like two years i mean yeah but but that's part of the problem though it's like you can go out one of the greatest of all time i mean it's like you want to talk about brand dilution look at snoop like snoop had the most unique hottest thing in hip-hop and then it was like hey if you give snoop 10 grand he will rap on your record (laughs) like snoop was everywhere you know what i mean like you can't he's very overexposed yeah, yeah, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. Okay, uh, so back to SmackDown. New Day versus the Viking Raiders. Hottest feud in WWE. Yeah, I think it's too little too late, but good to see <laughs> the Viking Raiders just squash the New Day. But 
Uh, listen, it looks like they're doing something with the Viking Raiders. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, but what, where did the Viking Raiders go from here? They're, I mean, I assume they're going to challenge the Usos after they retain. That's the next feud. I could see if the Street Profits end up winning that match, I could see the Viking Raiders challenging them. Yeah, they got next. They got next on the championship shot. Because even if the Street Profits win, I don't see the Street Profits together for very much longer. And I think the Viking Raiders might be the ones to beat them. But do you, I mean, the Viking Raiders with that gimmick, you got one tag team champion in WWE. And you think those are the guys? I mean, if WWE heats them up and has them kill everybody, they kind of have to be. And it's a tag team titles. It's not like it's this prestigious. They're prestigious right now. And the Usos are doing a good job with them. But it, you could put the tag team titles on the Viking Raiders. And I think it'd be fun. And now that I think about it, the Viking Raiders, the Street Profits, that was the feud they did when they were doing all that nutty stuff during uh-huh. the pandemic, right? Like the basketball and all that golf. That had a chance to be funny, but it was awful. I like having different... And I'm saying, just thinking about this in my head. What is it, right? Okay, it's not a body-shaming thing. Because if you told me Otis and Gable were the tag team champions unified, I'd be like, yeah, I'm kind of into that. Yeah. Like, you know, that gimmick could work. I think it's a... Mi- I think they just with the face paint, it's just goofy. It is just goofy. It's a you know? WWE version of what War Machine was. And War Machine was just these two badasses who could work their asses off and they were great. But they've been cartoonized. It's more of a cartoon now. And I feel like... The way WWE presents them is a very old school, kind of outdated way of presenting them. Yes. The road warriors or like earthquake and typhoon. Natural disaster. Yeah. It's just not interesting. And and I was thinking about this, like now if they brought the insane clown posse back and they became the unified tag team champions, I would say, you know what? They make the face paint work and it's the dark carnival. They're wicked clowns. Juggalos (laughs) everywhere. Rise up and rejoice. I would be down for that. With the Viking Raiders, I just don't get it. I'm not going to join the raid. I've decided. I don't blame you. I'm not there yet. I'm going to have to see, but they've had too many start and stops. So they're in that position where there's a credibility problem with the Viking Raiders. And I don't know if that could be overcome. It is a challenge. Uh, Mike D with the master plan. Uh, $2 super chat saying Akeem or one man gang character in Hall of Fame. Both. I want Akeem to induct the one man game into the Hall of Fame. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't think they should be, but uh, I don't see it happening. Everybody gets into the Hall of Fame, it seems, but I don't see Akeem getting in anytime soon. Or the Speaking one. of Mike, Mike D, controversial takes on Twitter the other day. People demeriting uh, or people uh, debating the merits of the Beastie Boys. I was very shocked. I thought we were all in, a, in agreement that the Beastie Boys were phenomenal. Oh, yeah. They're, they're a couple of the goats. I have nothing bad to say about the Beastie Boys. Paul's Boutique. Actually, Matt Morgan and I, the biggest, most heated argument we ever got into on this podcast was he said that Paul's Boutique was not a classic. And he said, uh, well, it's not the chronic. He was like, because do you skip any tracks on it? And I was like, well, there's one instrument that I skip. He's like, I skip no tracks on the chronic. And I went back and listened to the chronic. I'm like, wait, you listen to all the sketches every time? Oh, well, yeah. Like, the chronic and the chronic 2001. Well, I, there's a couple. Of the, no, no, I don't think I skip any tracks on the chronic 2001 either. Look, I'm not, saying my favorite bad. Song, but, um... I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that like every album, even your favorite album has the one song that you're sure. just like, well, this isn't as great as the other ones or I want to get to the next one, you know? Yeah. 
And then you guys got in a heated debate over that. Heated. Well, and he was dismissive of the Beastie Boys. I was like, you know, there's a new documentary on Apple Plus. And he was like, so? And I'm like, dude, this is a big deal. Like, they're telling their story. Like, without the Beastie Boys, I mean, like, appropriation, yes, we could absolutely have that conversation. And I think it's relevant and very valid. But without the Beastie Boys further pushing open those doors, we would not have had hip-hop as a whole become more accepted. I believe. And that's, it's kind of, a, it might be a fact, but I, I think it's kind of an unfortunate reality that sometimes you need the great white hope. I think that's kind of a BS, but sometimes you do need a great white hope so that people can look at it and think that it's less dangerous and less edgy or whatnot. And the Beastie Boys were a big part of that. But having said that, they were very talented and they put out yeah. good music. And that's what I loved about the Beastie Boys. And as well. they had credibility coming from uh, the collaborations with Run DMC and oh, being on absolutely. Def Jam. Like this was not Vanilla Ice coming out of nowhere and, you know, manufactured backstory and whatnot there. But even if you look at it, I mean, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, I mean, having something that was just more palatable, even Run DMC, like all these things helped open it up and make it possible for other artists to get discovered and accepted. Yeah. Run DMC with ACDs or not uh, with uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Tox Kazim 499. I will mail Triple H a big flaming bag of crap if Bianca drops the title tomorrow. Okay. We need to screenshot this. Uh, Tox, we're going to hold you to this. You need to. WWE's address is right there on the internet on WWE Corporate. You can send it to Titan Towers. And we're going to is it gonna be a full bag? How are we so how are we gonna navigate this? Is it gonna be like you're gonna every week you're gonna do your business until it's full, or is it just gonna be I think it should be a full bag? You should go on a keto diet and just next week just go crazy. Um so the main event tonight, the main event segment was Paul Heyman addressing the WWE universe, basically saying that uh, Reigns is going to put down Lesnar if he comes in. He's not going to spoil this. And uh, Lesnar came in, stared him down. Theory attacked Lesnar. Drew came in, hit Theory with a Claymore kick. Like, we are in bad shape if Roman Reigns cannot be bothered to show up on the go-home show to build for SummerSlam with Roman being in the main event. Yeah, and this is... Pretty much par for the course for Roman Reigns. He's even as Drew, Drew care. Drew McIntyre said that he was a part-time champion, which is that's what he's been. And Austin Theory just keeps getting his ass whooped. I'm very curious to see because there's a small part of me that thinks that he might just outright lose that briefcase and they might just wash their hands of it. But at the same time, I can see them spinning this into something interesting. There is some intrigue in Austin Theory cashing in. Having said that, there's nothing planned for SummerSlam that I'm particularly excited about i i feel like we have this conversation every time before a big pay-per-view i expect it to be a good pay-per-view match wise i think the matches are going to be good but the only things i'm excited about is what's triple h going to do what's this new regime going to do to make a big sound make a big noise because whatever's planned for this pay-per-view is not really exciting yeah um i'm not covering this tomorrow night i'll probably put it on i might watch a few of the matches but this is, you know, I don't, I don't got a, a order coming from B Dubs and people coming over to, uh, you know, host everything, yeah, and make it an event. I'll be watching the new episode of the rehearsal. Actually, I'll probably be doing that tonight when I get done with this podcast. Oh yeah, I'll probably catch up on that this weekend. That show is so. Like people have been DMing me and they're like, "Dude, that show is nuts." Yeah, it is the crazy. I've heard thing. great things about it. So good. 
So good. So uh, over to Rampage tonight, where we opened with Jay Lethal, Sodom Singh, and Sanjay Dutt versus Orange Cassidy and the best friends. Alfred, were you on the edge of your seat? I was not, but it looks like these could be some candidates for the trios division. Like, this trios thing is really kind of dumb, right? I mean, I like the idea of the six-man tag. I actually think the trios belts are some of the belts that they really should have in AEW. It's just that they have so many belts. And it's so funny because they have, I believe, 16 belts between AEW and ROH that you just see on television every single week. And now it's like, no, let's add three more belts. Not not one. We've got three more belts. So literally, we're going to get to a point where everybody's got a belt in AEW. We were talking about this with Jimmy Corderas the other night. Like, why not just have the free bird rule and put them in the tag division? Put the trio. I don't. Trios. So just have three man teams have the free bird rule that a three man team can hold the belts if only two of them wrestle. Like they did with New Day. That'd be interesting. But everybody, they'd have three belts, but only two of them. No, they could have two. No, but they could just do it in the tag division. Like a free bird division. I could see it. Listen, six-man tag team matches are fire, and AEW actually does a good job of this. It's just that they're at a point now. It's too late, I think, to unveil. I think the trios division is going to be great and whatnot, but you look at a couple of the champions don't even get to be on TV. This Atlantic title is basically the montage championship, where every time you see it being defended, it's in this clip with music painted over it for like 10 seconds, and then they move on. But I do think saying. they're going to put a lot behind these trios because like, there's the word on the street is that Kenny Omega is going to come back. You know, oh, the yeah. Young Bucks are going to be involved. Because oh, no, Kenny Omega and the Bucks really need more opportunities than AEW. That's the thing. Yeah, that's I it. think that's what's call. holding them back. That's what's holding AEW back. We're not seeing enough opportunities for uh, the original founders. Um, Dylan Matthews is saying Thunder Rosa must be pissed about the trios. How, I mean, the women, man, women's championship is the most disrespected title in all of AEW. I agree. I think Thunder Rosa is also disrespected herself. I, I believe that she is every bit as good as Britt Baker, and she could have one of these runs. The only thing stopping Thunder Rosa is AEW, and they're creative or lack thereof. She, Miu or Mayu or whoever she wrestled this past week, I thought was a very good wrestler. I wasn't too familiar with her work, but I liked what I saw. But, I mean, you got Thunder Rosa wrestling these people who nobody's ever heard of. There's no story behind Nothing. it. Nothing. And this is supposed totally to be cool. a champion, whereas Britt Baker was a complete opposite, where sometimes she's in these feuds that would not even have a payoff match. It's just Britt Baker getting the talk every single week. So, so they'll push and they'll create around who they want to create around. And Thunder Rosa is not one of those people. Yeah. I just can't believe it's so dumb um, that they're treating her this way. But no, I mean, this was fine at the beginning. Orange Cassidy and the best friends getting the win. It was a good match. Good match to start off the show. And then after Singh was beating down the best friends, lethal hitting Cassie with the lethal injection. So it's important that they still look strong, even in defeat. But then Wardlow, his music hit, he came into the ring. And they were teasing uh, my powerbomb satin of Singh. That would be interesting. Yes. Um, Ethan Page versus Leon Ruffin. This is fine. We got two kind of cold characters. Ethan Page is another one who they don't do anything with, and I think could be something. And I think it is something, but. They don't do anything with him. Yeah. They just resign him too. They resigned him to a really? long extension a couple months ago. And I still haven't seen it. Nothing mm. with him. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know tonight that this really did much. Um, we had Alexi Nair and Cole Carter backstage. Factory approached Marshall, said this is a potential in him. He's hanging out with the wrong crowd. So they offered him a spot with the factory. It's exciting stuff. Factories on their way to the top. 
there's only one factory and that's the cnc music factory that's the only factory <laughs> that matters Agreed. with with the things that make you go hmm <laughs> which is crazy that they just like took that from arsenio hall and made it a song yeah i, I saw that on uh dark side of the 90s but that, that is because I, I knew that before i watched this episode but i did forget about that 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 came from arsenio hall you know i need to reach out to freedom williams or maybe uh i think Clavillis is still with us. I think Cole passed away. But I need to ask them that line and things that make you go, hmm, where uh, is talking about, you know, ladies, have you ever had a man goes away for business, comes back with a tan? Uh, but the I wonder who bought him those BBDs. I always thought the original line was, I wonder who gave him those STDs. But they thought <laughs> maybe that was that was too edgy for radio. It fits in phonetically perfectly, too. Yeah, I, but it makes more sense, right? Like, yeah. if I'm writing the lyrics, like, that's that's better a fair talk <laughs> i'm gonna reach out SD, freedom venereal disease but you know what's what's crazier than biting the arsenio hall thing is that freedom williams like just lifted his entire flow from iced tea yeah no i, I can see that i mean there's some influence there but it's very much sound like iced you tea. listen to everybody in fact i broke up with a girl once because she said how come iced tea doesn't do more songs like everybody dance now that's why you broke up with her like right there yeah i was like no you just ended no. the reception and sent everybody home. I was just like, this is not, this is not going to work. <laughs> this is not, this is not going to fly with me. Uh, Did you so, see the Rush episode of the Dark Side of the 90s, by the way? I've gotten through about three quarters of it. It's a phenomenal. I mean, they purposefully make him a direct parallel to Trump, but I mean, it pretty much. A Rush Limbaugh in the 90s was fucking, some, I, remember, I remember watching that. Um, because I was just a night owl. Like I graduated high school early, so I would just be up. And I remember when he hit TV and like watching some of that, and I was just like, how is this happening? Like, and at first yeah. it was kind of, um, how should I put this? I think myself and all of other people kind of just missed it because it was like, oh, wow, we've never seen somebody like attacking the president on TV like this. You know what I mean? Like it almost had that shock value. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, he was like a shock jock, but politically. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Oh, speaking of which, Monday... On Jeff Gersman's YouTube channel, Jeff Gersman and my our new podcast, which I can't announce the name. It'll be announced it in the first episode. Alfred, you're gonna pop for it. Can't it's wait. the best, worst, best again name ever for a podcast. First episode drops Monday on Jeff Gersman's YouTube channel, and it's all us talking about early '90s video game industry, hip hop, how we met, cutting school, going to video game trade shows, and getting in trouble. And uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be pretty tight. If it's anything like Yellow Jackets Buzz, I'm I'm here for it. it this is gonna be the most personal podcast that I've ever done. The first episode was like therapeutic, just like reliving some of these memories and whatnot. So for people that don't know, I was a video game journalist when I was 14 years old. I worked in the video game industry for 14 years, writing about games. Uh, used to you know get to see everything early, talk about it, and I testified in federal court against Nintendo of America. In the Game Genie trial, I was an expert witness for Louis Galoob Toys to explain oh. why the Game Genie actually made games fun when Nintendo tried to say it's going to like ruin games for kids. Because so, of all the cheat codes on the Game Genie. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, uh, I was you know, a little bit of an asshole for the better part of the 90s. And we're going to get into it and tell all these stories. So it's uh, but I got Jeff Gersman into the industry and he's now like the biggest video game journalist probably of the the post 2000s i mean he was at GameSpot, left there in an explosive fashion he found a giant bomb he just left giant bomb and started his own thing so uh you know 
I went to high school with Jeff. I got him into this business and now it's kind of cool to be riding his coattails a little bit That's and awesome. uh, doing this podcast together. So Monday, oh yes. And we were in a hip hop group together. So I'm sure we're going to get into all that as well. It's going to, I want to, I still want to hear those beats. Maybe you can put that on the podcast. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what we do. Uh, so Lee Moriarty versus Matt Seidel and a teacher versus student. <laughs> <laughs> was there a blackboard in the ring? I mean, no, no. <laughs> this was WWE. If this was WWE, someone would have banged the erasers and we went out a cloud of smoke, <laughs> cloud of chalk go off in somebody's face. As ridiculous as that would look, that would hurt. If you got all that chalk in your eyes, you really would be inhibited. Why didn't they do that? You can't have a teacher versus student match. You know, he could have like slapped somebody with a ruler, yeah. put a dunce cap on them. Mary and Kayla Turner could have pulled up and made a cameo. That's a different type of teacher versus student. Different type of teacher That's versus. Right. I think there's a Hulu series about uh, that. <laughs> they would start playing uh, the police's "Don't Stand So Close to Me." You know, like it would have been would have been a whole thing. Uh, man, now that we're talking about this, I'm really bummed that this wasn't the match that we got. Yeah, sounds way better. Lee Moriarty won. This was this was good. I mean, the talents like Rampage was fine. It was pre-taped. People, anything great that happened aside from that hip hop video, you would have heard about this ahead of time. Yeah, Lee's with Big Stoke now, so we'll see how that goes. I, I mean, they really don't do much with him. What else weird about Lee Moriarty is that he wears a singlet, but he wears a strap down. But if that's how it's supposed to be, he has like a logo on the back of the strap that he wears down. On. So he's really committed to this strap down look. Um, Britt Baker and Rebel did a promo. How many promos has Britt Baker had since Thunder Rosa's been champion versus how much promo time Thunder Rosa's had? Since it might she's be double. Champion? It might be. I feel like because they they're just like intent on having her do something, but she feels like she still feels like the champion. I know. I worry that Thunder Rose is not keeping that title much longer. I hope she does. I hope they uh, the light turns on. But I'm with you, man. I don't think. I don't know. I think they're going to find an excuse to take it off of her sooner rather than later. But I, I really hope that they're able to dive into the Thunder Rosa character. I thought foolishly. And I was going to learn a lot more about Thunder Rosa now that she's got this big belt and she's going to be in the spotlight, but it's been the opposite. Yeah. It's very disappointing. Um, let's talk about Claudio Castagnoli, the new ring of honor world champion who was out there in the ring confronted by Chris Jericho. And we're setting up uh Yuta versus Jericho. Yeah. And I was thinking when they were setting this up that, Oh man, they just had Daniel Garcia beat Brian Danielson. So I could see Wheeler Yuta beating Chris Jericho, but that was before they announced that it was going to be to face John Moxley for a title yeah. shot. So now I don't think there's a chance, but I would have liked to see Wheeler Yuta beat Chris Jericho. I'm not at all in on Daniel Garcia. I'm glad that they're trying to make a guy, but I just don't get it with him. He's a submission wrestler. He just dresses basic. There's nothing about him that pops out at me. It's like seeing a glass of water wrestle. But Wheeler Yuta, while he's not the greatest promo, I think wrestles with fire. He reminds me of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, or young Ricky Steamboat. And I think that could be a guy who I would love to see him beat Chris Jericho. I still think we need to go with Issa's idea that the Ring of Honor pure championship means you have to be straight edge, no impure thoughts. That would be great. No drinking. Live the life. You're the pure champion. You have to convert to Mormonism. I would love that you get to go door to door and then they would just like strip people when they found out that they were being impure. Yes. That you can lose it by being impure. 
Yeah. I, I like that. That's a that's a genius idea by Issa. I love it. We really we need to evolve these things. It will make yeah. for better television. Um so oh the acclaims new video. This this was like in the, the pre-main event slot. What did you think it's going to be a dumpster match on dynamite between the gun club and the acclaimed in this video? They didn't lean heavily enough into the trash boys, ass boys thing. I think they could have gone a little more on that, but that was, that was the theme of this. Uh, what did you think and how spicy do you think these bars were compared to your typical acclaimed freestyle? I thought it was very good. I liked it. I think that they are batting a thousand on these videos. We've never done a video that I did not like in terms of the beat, the rap. I thought it was good, but I do think it was on the tame side in terms of yes. them going after the ass boys. It was just basically built around the trash boys. Kind of clever, I guess, but then all the lines is like dumpster bars and, and trash. And you got some, I feel like he had spicier lines for their dad than the ass boys. Yeah, I don't. Done. I don't understand why they do these freestyles that are normally what, like 16 bars. Yeah. 16, Maybe. Yeah, hot 16. Hot 16. Normally four of them fire, right? Very big on the punchline rap. When they do these pre-produced videos, why is it just not all just A plus burn? I feel I feel like they're almost focusing too much on flow and writing right. it like they're writing a song. Where I think, and maybe I'm wrong with this, but I think what people want to hear are those just fire bars and sick burns 100 percent. that's what the max caster gimmick is every line is designed to get it oh so when you see him even on tv i guess he could stretch his legs out more you're not gonna go 16 for 16 but you at least want him to to have something that's biting and, and i thought it was i thought it was good i good. just thought it was on the tame side of what i know max caster is capable of Yes, the thing about Billy Gunn shooting blanks, like okay, there were yeah, there were like one or two, yeah. but I mean, like, like they had time to write to write this. Yeah, I thought it was good. I did not think it was bad. I want to not bad. I'm not saying it was bad. The rap about MJF was way better. Uh, they had another one about Darby that I thought was fire. Darby was good. They had another one. They had a third one. I can't remember. Oh. No, yeah, no, Sting and Darby. Uh, they had another one that I thought was very good too, but this was, I think, uh, the, the weakest, although I still thought it was good. It was just a high bar that they have to clear. I, I think the like this all needs to be like the final battle for Mate Model. Mm. Who's Papa Doc? You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Well, that's a good question. I mean, his real name is Clarence. <laughs> can, you, can you believe that? He went from Clarence to the new Captain America. I know. It's really nuts when you think Super. about that trajectory. Uh, but no, but I think that, and let's put it up against that. Like if this was the final battle, this would not out, this video tonight would not outrank the bars against Lotto, Wickedy Split or Papa Doc. No, not either of those. Maybe there are some battles on that DVD Documentary. Yeah, 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 but that's the, those, those were overhyped. Those are not as good as the three that we saw at the end of it. No, no, okay. I won't say they're good as the three, but I mean, I'm just saying that there's some of there that that, that outrank, I think, the Max Caster rap. Particularly Eminem's battle against diffusion. It's 
and are we holding them the acclaim to too high of a standard because we love them? Yes, but, as we should. Yeah. I mean, if you're good, like the acclaim, then you're putting out fire every week. Your standards are going to be very high. And so you're going to have to live up to them. And in fact, okay, so I'm going to throw this down to Max Caster. Like, I mean, Alfred, let me ask you. I tell you, you're getting two minutes to premiere a rap video on national TV. Now, the video, you might not have enough time to make. You know, you're not going to make Take On Me. You're not going to make the most incredible music video of all time. But for the music of that, you have two minutes on TV. Like, okay. you're not saving your powder. No. Like, no, you, this no, did no. not feel like they made the most of their minutes. It feels like they think they have two more minutes, so they're saving it. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. But they're going to be, I mean, now that they have free license to be baby faces, I think this team, unless AEW screws around with them, I think they're going to take off. Yes. I wanted LL. I got cannabis tonight. <laughs> you could have done worse. You could have gotten vanilla ice. Yes. The ratio of great cannabis to not so great cannabis, like wide chasm between yes, the two. Very much so. It's unfortunate. But he was trained to run 40 miles in soft sand. Uh, and he actually joined the military, and I respect that. Yeah, there you go. He has a military face. He's got that very serious, very <laughs> kind of chiseled face. <laughs> Sean Wally, five dollars. Uh, Glenn, you're one cool soul brother. Thank you. AEW has too many female heels. Britney's turned face, and their faces are too weak. Three sparks is 100% money. Spark- I like that. Uh, sparks, Who's- does it mean you have Starks? Sparks, oh, yeah, I think it means does it mean Starks because Starks I thought was a freaking superstar this past week, and I love what they did with him until they <laughs> they turn heel on him. I love what they did with Hook too. I thought Hook was getting lost in the shuffle, and he just was completely revived. Uh, I, I very much like this week's Dynamite, and Ricky Starks really stood out to me. It's been time for Ricky Starks for a while now. You, you know, he kind of took a page out of my book and cut the Give It Time promo, but I'm glad to see that they seem to be doing something with Ricky Starks. I think this is my favorite criticism, though, I've read in quite some time, which is their faces are too weak. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a point. It's true. Um, so the video, again, was good, but we wanted it to be great. I I like that the women had the main event spot tonight. Ruby Soho versus Anna J. Anna J A S, as it were. Anna J A S. Sorry. This was a good match. Ruby Soho looked good, but she lost. Yeah, I mean that's another one. Yeah, she's hanging around with Eddie Kingston, but there's really been nothing of note with Ruby Soho since she came to AEW. I feel like the biggest thing she's done was that match with Chris Statlander where people freaked out after she won. That was kind of the most memorable thing she's done. But other than that, she's been put on the back burner. And I was just watching these shows back to back. I just had this thought, like, somewhere in an alternate universe, Ruby Soho and Shotzi are just a fire tag team. Yeah. I would very much like to see that. No, her and I worry her with Kingston, they're going to become like the Babs and Ness of AEW. Deep (laughs) reference. From the band. Yes, from the band. <laughs> We're going to be the Bonnie and Clyde of hip-hop. That was Diddy's oh, that vision. It, exactly. That is how Ruby and Eddie are going to be together. The Babs and Ness of AEW. Hey, Ness is nice, though. Ness, he, he was on the battle rap circuit for a while. I don't know if he still does it, but he's he can spit. That boy's got fire. The, every member of the band was pretty good. I think we, we ranked them one yeah. night. 
when we got into a bit of a debate. I mean, Fred, did I, who did I declare was the best rapper in the band? I can't remember now. Did you say it was Chopper? I think you said it was Chopper. Did I say Chopper? I might have said it was Fred. I think Fred's pretty. Fred was, I mean, it's between Fred and Ness, but I. I yeah, I think you had, you had Ness time. higher than I did, I think, on the list. Yeah, no, I think Ness is great. I think Ness is awesome. Yeah. Oh, Go man, watch I his got... battle rap with Iron Solomon. It's very good. I don't think he won that battle rap, but he took it to him. Let's check that out again. I need I to watch all the white the Jewish guy who raps, and he's one of my favorites. Actually, he's amazing. Really? Yeah, I think I think you'd like him. Interesting. White Jewish rappers, you know, for every Beastie Boys, there's a lot of weird novelty shit and a lot of like weird like. Uh, I mean, look, MC Search. I have complicated feelings about MC Search. Jews and hip hop is you know now Blood of Abraham, Blood of Abraham, two white guys on Easy E's Ruthless Records. They recorded. A track with Easy and Will I Am in his first group that was on Ruthless as well. But what I loved about Blood of Abraham, aside from its very Hebrew centric raps, they, they would always give the Hebrew year when they were saying what year it was. But I love that they had a big ad for their record that just said Jesus was a black Jew, and it was like Blood of Abraham. Seek <laughs> truth to power. Blood of Abraham was dope, but they were like they were like House of Pain, like they took it very seriously. They were rough. Okay. I've never really heard their stuff. Like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, no one did. Like me and like two other Jewish kids bought the record because yeah. <laughs> we saw that ad in the source and we're like, what the fuck? Uh, but no, interesting, very interesting. Uh, Tim Mickle saying, This is the realest combo. Thank you, Tim. Uh, kudos to Glenn and Alfred. Did I miss Jade tonight? No, we didn't see Jade tonight. She was gone. She was off television, probably off doing medium. Yeah, she was uh actually she was at a con on Wednesday because in that CM Punk quote, she's like sitting right next to him. Yeah. And that- all pink outfit. Slay. Oh, Rin is saying Mattis Yahoo. Do we talk about Mattis? I, the most boring concert that I was vaguely excited to see. I was at like a festival and Mattis Yahoo played. And first off, it's one of those fucking things where you had somebody painting on stage. Oh God. You've been to one of those shows where no. someone's painting. Okay. And they're not painting Mattis Yahoo. They're not painting the artist. You don't think, Oh, they're going to do a mural live. They're just painting like, you know, a sunset or a forest or whatever, but just a painter on a big canvas while Mattis Yahoo is playing. Mattis Yahoo played like, like, uh, like two of his songs, you know, uh, two of the hits. Was the rest just, was like, was he just trolling everybody? Was this whole thing? just one big troll. I, I feel like he was. I feel like he was trolling everyone. Very unfortunate. Um, but yes, uh, Mass Yahoo. Uh, I like that one song that ripped off Alphaville's Forever Young. Like, that song's good. King Without a Crown's okay, but I don't know. I can't get down with the rest of Mass yeah. Yahoo. Although, did, did you ever see that video speaking of the song, that one day song, which is a total rip off of Alphaville's Forever Young? Watch on YouTube. There's a video where he's in Hawaii and at a coffee shop, and like some like stoner dudes playing that song in ukulele and mass i just start singing along and the guy's like whoa this dude can really sing this song <laughs> and the guy just performs it and is not aware that it's mass yahoo till at the end like i pop for that and mass yahoo introduced himself and like brought him up on stage like the next night oh, that's awesome yeah it's a pretty cool video that. yeah it's pretty good uh but uh yeah i'm worried about ruby soho man because uh this this ain't gone well yeah i mean she's placed in a semi main event kind of top angle, but she's very much in the background of it. Yeah. Unless they need her to get her arm broken. Then front and but Anna JAS strapping the rocket to her. Yeah. I feel like they're going all the way with her. I, I saw on Twitter that people were very split and even hated her promo. I liked her promo. I thought she was very 
good on the mic. I thought she's fine. I mean, it's been like a revelation, but I I like her saying she's going to choke everybody out. That had to have come directly from Chris Jericho. Far be it of me to just think that some man wrote her lines, but that's such of the Chris Jericho zeitgeist. I'm going to choke you out. I'm going to choke you out. I'm going to, and then keep doing it. And then that's going to be her new thing where she's threatening to choke everybody out. Oh, King Fatboy Papoesco just followed me because somebody on Twitter mentioned that I shouted him out. Yes. Live on the podcast. Look at us. King Fatboy making it happen. Uh, how how does this dude only have 973 followers? This dude can wrestle, good look, good gimmick. 974 and, after this podcast. Yeah, uh, seriously. Watch this guy. Great. I think he would fit in on any promotion. Really, really good. Really polished. Um, Man, so the, here was my deal with the first hour of Dynamite. Every woman we saw on the first hour of Dynamite, actually, with the exception of that completely cold women's championship match that went in the cooldown spot, they labeled as a co-main event, but let's be real about what it was. Every other woman we saw on that show was somebody's girlfriend, valet, manager, or sidekick. Yeah, very, I mean, yeah, that's, that's one way to put it. I feel like that's the only way AEW feels that they could use these women is if they attach them to men and that's unfortunate because it's it's really not and it's not to say that those aren't valid roles to be played but it also tells you something about their women's division if they're not saying oh my god we have this plethora of matches that we can put on -on one-on-one or even tag team that will hold the show it's like we've got to find other ways to work them in it's it's like somebody trying to creatively solve a problem that they in that they themselves actually created right yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And you talk about all the matches in front of the show. Jack Callum says Paige and Britt Baker, good idea. And, and I, I think Paige and Britt Baker would be a great match. But if Paige came into AEW while Thunder Rosa was still champion and Paige got a program with Britt Baker, I guarantee you Thunder Rosa would be furious. She might walk out of the company. And she should. So that was tonight on Wrapping and Wrestling. Yeah, wrapping and wrestling. <laughs> That's what we do here, ladies and gentlemen. 80s and 90s rap. And then sometimes occasionally if we get around to old wrestling. We need that gimmick where somebody like, because John Cena didn't actually even do this. I want somebody to like drop some bars and then like throw a guy clothesline and then like finish the rap after that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want him to like rap or her to like narrate their own match in verse. That'd be great. And then I want them to be on commentary. One of the greatest moments in the history of wrestling is when Booker T was commentating while stomping on Austin Woods. He went on to be Xavier with Austin Creed, I believe. And uh, that was amazing. I I still go back and watch that. But the rap version of that would be amazing. It would actually, I mean, it'd be fantastic if that's everything they said was in run. But it's not (laughs) like, not like in a weird Shakespearean way. Like it's got to be like credible. That'd be good. I, I, that's a gimmick that hasn't been done that they need to try out. And maybe if you have music on, you keep the music going the whole match, too. If you're an independent wrestler for I was gonna say, a very affordable fee, no, for nothing. If you're an independent wrestler, I'll give you a gimmick. I will tell you, here's what you could do that no one has done before that you can get over with. It's a very lucrative business that you got going there. I think it'd be very I say this on the podcast uh, that I did with Jeff Gersman. I learned at a young age that if you offer people something for free that has value, chances are someone will take you up on that. It's just going to take you years, maybe a decade to figure out how to actually make money off that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can get your foot in the door, but you cannot make a career. You just got to keep plugging away. I know it's tough. So uh, follow Alfred if this is nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Are you covering tomorrow night? You're covering SummerSlam? I am. Me and Justin LaVar will be covering SummerSlam. So when Bray Wyatt shows up, number one destination is wrestling. I guarantee you there will be far less hip-hop talk tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we might talk a little bit of uh, Vanilla Ice, but other than that, I don't know. if uh, Talk about that that Kid Rock. Why in the F did they choose that kid? I hate that Kid Rock song so yeah, much. and it's not good. It, when I first heard it, I thought it was like, it was like this guy's doing a bad impression of Kid Rock. And oh, it's that like, was this is Kid Rock. Weird tweeted and said, uh, for everybody uh, congratulating me on my Kid Rock parody, I just want to let you ah, know I had nothing yeah. to do with that. Damn. Yeah. All right, we need to get, that's what next time, uh, we need to talk about Weird Al because I love Weird Al. I love Weird I went to his tour before the pandemic where he, he had a tour where all he did was play his original songs. Like no parodies. Oh, oh my God. That's the most Weird Al thing he could do. It was good. It was really yeah. good. He does have some good, I mean, he does a good job, like, ripping songs off stuff like but he does have some good songs that are just well like his style songs. yeah his style homage is like dare to be stupid like it's a parody of devo's style but dare to be stupid's like a phenomenal song yeah did you used to he had a tv show it was like a children's show for yeah, a while I, remember. I used to watch the hell out of that yeah i mean i saw uhf in theaters that's how old i am really yeah Damn. multiple times when that came to the like dollar theater i saw uhf multiple times yeah yeah cool well <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Happy SummerSlam Eve. We'll catch you back here tomorrow on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.